This week's podcast is a bit different than what you are used to hearing. Today, you're going to get an inside look at my life from a conversation with a friend of mine, Trina Gonzell, over on the Legacy and Legends podcast. Now, the goal of this episode is simple. It's to open you up to the idea that you are the only one responsible for how your life looks right now. It means showing up to the best of your ability and allowing yourself to be human. It means accepting your imperfectionism, your failures, your lessons, your shortcomings, your doubts, and learning from them all. So I want you to listen in as you get to know me from a different point of view, and here's why. When I do an episode by myself, if I talk about myself, it never tends to come out as truly authentic as when somebody else interviews me. And Trina is somebody that I trust wholeheartedly, and she was able to ask the questions that cracked me open, that give you a different perspective, and it's loaded with principles and lessons. And I want to say this. I'm incredibly proud of all of you for sharing your wins with me. I'm getting Instagram messages left and right, comments left and right about you celebrating all of your wins and letting me into your world. And I wanted to say thank you, but I wanted to encourage you to keep going because I can't wait to see more. My team, myself, and everybody is in your corner and we love celebrating with you. So after you listen, I want you to share another win with me, send it over on Instagram and we'll celebrate with you. But without further ado, here's the intro. Let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. This is Trina Gunzel, and welcome to another episode of the Legacy and Legends podcast. I am so excited to have one of the people with the most amazing bios ever. If you have ever met George Bryant, it literally says in his bio, we'll trade marketing for chocolate chip pancakes. So of course I had to interview him because that's the most unique bio I've ever seen. And you're going to get to learn a lot more about him just as I am on this podcast because apparently I didn't know how super famous he is, but he's humble enough to come on my humble little show here and teach you more about what's possible in the world. So I'm going to introduce my new friend. Do you want to let him know your name and a little bit about you so they can meet you? Yeah, sure. You can call me chocolate chip pancake, the guy that can <laughs> shoes, bald, tattooed, bearded, sometimes with a mohawk. Um, my, my team calls me the teddy bear of truth. Uh, I call myself the chief heart marketing officer. I'm the relationship guy, you, you name it. I don't know. I, I've i just had this belief for a long time that we should never lose sight of the fact that no matter what business you do, no matter where we go, that there's always humans on the other side of it. And that if you protect that and you keep your heart and your foundational principles aligned around humanity, success is inevitable. And in the world that we live in, you know, we, we live in a world that conditions disconnection and immediate consumption and transactions. And it's crazy that I've made millions and millions and sometimes billions of dollars with some of our companies by actually just caring about people. Mm. And I'm a very loud guy in a very crowded world that doesn't like what I have to say. And so I say it as loud as possible so that people understand that, you know, our success is actually predicated on the depth of investment we make in our customers, we make in the difference that we make. And in my opinion, it's the only way to do business. And so that's kind of how I would describe me. I love it. And I'm so glad you're here. I'm probably gonna have to mail you one of these because all of our retreats, we have like these heart boxes and we do the Sunshine Box Club. 
only for people who are super cool. So I try to see how many sparkles you win in an interview and we have something common. So you just want to sparkle because I'm a heart center coach too. Yeah, I love, I love that. Thank you for being here. So I like people to get to know you on like a personal level too, because people forget there's this whole personal side of business. You're a real human, you're a husband, you're a daddy. So just an easy one. George, what's a favorite movie that you have? Do you watch movies? I do. I Movies are a big, big pastime. Actually, last night, me, my wife, and my five-year-old watched the movie, The Rescue. It was uh, the story of rescuing the kids from the cave in Thailand. And you don't believe in miracles or alignment or possibility. Uh, we were all, including my five-year-old, were crying last night. But uh, I, do, I do love movies. I've probably watched more movies than anybody you know, because when I was in Afghanistan and Somalia, in between missions, all we would do is watch movies. And so I've watched probably every movie mm. and empteen times. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting's a top favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say like my all-time number one movie because it was like my childhood was a movie called Rad Racing. And it was a BMX movie about a kid who was told he would never make it. And then he ended up making it out all on his own, like out of, out of poverty. It was very much like the movie I watched as a child and, and I went from, you know, poverty and drug abuse and sexual abuse and emotional abuse and being homeless most of my childhood to, I guess on paper, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do in life and I have it all. And so it's kind of funny. I, I kind of, I look back, my wife and I were talking about this the other day because her favorite movie as a kid was The Little Mermaid and my wife is a redhead. <laughs> no, it's cute. <laughs> I, I was told by her parents that she was too much and you know, she was out on her own at 14, didn't make it through high school and then became a successful entrepreneur, world-renowned public speaker, like shared stages with Donald Trump and Maria Shriver and Oprah and Stephen. Wow. Clark. And she did all that before we even met and then retired when I took over. And now she's the most incredible mom and silent business partner. And so we both kind of have these movies that um, were big defining moments for us in life. But uh, I love a good documentary, like more than anything, like I love real life. I love learning, but Rad Racing is probably number one, but um, I watched two movies in the last two days and both documentaries. The first one was The Rescue, about mm -hmm. the one I just told you. And another one was called Torn. Mm -hmm. Torn was about a climber. Um, he was a mountaineer his whole life. And he was very, one of the very few ones that had a full family. Well, he was mountaineering and mm -hmm. with North Face back in the early days, had done Everest and all the big peaks. And he ended up passing away in an avalanche. And there were three people there that day, him, a cameraman, and another guy. The cameraman and him passed. The other guy survived. He had so much survivor's guilt. He came and took care of the kids and raised him, ended up falling in love with his ex and becoming a family. And then about eight years ago, due to the melting glaciers out in, um, in Nepal, the body was discovered and they took a family trip to go recover it. And they filmed this entire thing. And so the oldest son is who made the documentary wrote the story and then in the movie healed the relationship with the guy who came in who raised the other two boys because the boys were young they were like two and four so mm. he was their dad and they referred to their actual father by his first name but then they rekindled this and this guy basically spent 20 years of his life raising these boys and his children because he was there with his best friend it was best friend that was killed and so it was probably like 20 movies in one and I was watching the cinematography, the storytelling, the the emotions, the roller coaster, the the family dynamics, the systems at play. And it was, I, I finished it and I was like, I'm going to watch this movie probably 10 more times just to even understand the depth of it. And so mm -hmm. I'd say I'm a, I'm a big movie person. 
I love that. I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, you and my husband have so much in common. So I'm going to give you a sparkle for that because that's- Oh, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to be like a unicorn by the time we're done with this thing. You will. I got all those sparkles. Yeah, because it is those documentaries. And I wrote down, I hope you guys are writing these too, if you listen, because a lot of the reasons I have amazing people like yourself is so other people can learn from you because it might be a book you read or a movie they watch that changes their life. So thank you so much for sharing that. It was awesome. It was I got some new ones too. We hadn't seen. I never saw Rad Racing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, um, called, it's called Rad, and they re-released it about a year and a half ago. And I had it on VHS as a kid, and my parents said that I would go through about eight VHSs a year because I would watch it on repeat so many times that it would get destroyed. And so yeah. copy it over and over and over again. And so they just re-released it maybe like a year and a half, two years ago on Apple TV. It's called Rad. That's and like Art, Art Connor, the, the world gymnast is in it as like a 17-year-old kid. Lori oh. Laughlin is in it. She's like 16, um, way before Full House. And so it's like an OG like time capsule. I can't wait for that. That's yeah. amazing. I love movies like that because you find them in well, classics, right? Like Rudy. That's my yeah, Rudy. family. Yeah. That's and my favorite. Favorite. Here's a funny, here's an interesting story. One of my buddies, Nick Nanton, I think he has like 16 Emmys now. Um but he directed the new Rudy, which is the real life documentary on the actual Rudy. So he actually filmed and created that whole thing. It's on Amazon Prime. So it's called Rudy and it's the actual documentary story of the real Rudy, how it all went down and all of them. My buddy Nick made that movie. That's cool. Okay, I know we're watching that one tonight then. <laughs> like, George just recommended the movie tonight. Well, what about, okay, besides pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes, do you have a different favorite food that you like to eat? You know, you know what, like, so a lot of people don't know this because I, I've done a really good job of like compartmentalizing my entrepreneurial career. But before I was the guy I am now, which I guess we'll talk about later. And, you know, you might have to pull it out of me because I don't like talking about numbers, but I should. Um, okay. Before all of this, what started my entrepreneurial career is um, I was bulimic for 15 years. Um, really? In my active duty career as a Marine, due to body dysmorphia because of my sexual abuse as a child was by women. And so I had a lot of body image issues. I was bullied all the time. I mean, my front teeth were knocked out three times. My nose was broken three times before I was 16. Um, and so when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, um, after my dad passed away from cancer, I, I realized I didn't want to be sick anymore. I was an addict to pain pills because of, you know, the death that I witnessed and the things that I've been through. And so I actually started eating paleo okay. and ended up finding out I had celiac disease accidentally because when I cut out gluten, I felt a million times better. I lost like 20 pounds. And so I decided to teach myself how to cook and I documented on the internet. My first ever entrepreneurial career was a food blog that went on to become a massive seven figure, almost eight figure brand, New York Times bestseller, number one app in the world. And so I taught myself how to cook, um, but I really don't like cooking, which is funny. Um, it was <laughs> a path to an end. And uh, in all of that, I learned a lot about like food and my relationship to food. And I swear my number one, if like I had to even sum it down to an ingredient, it's eggs. I eggs. have eggs. I can eat them 85 ways. I use them in everything. Like it's my default meal. Like I could do breakfast every meal of the day, nonstop and never get bored. Like no matter what, it's like eggs. And I've gone through the seasons, but I always come back to eggs. And I know that's like such a boring answer, but I also, when I was a food blogger, there was a book I had called Egg. And it was probably like 500 pages. It was a cookbook, but it was also like the history of the egg, understanding the science of egg, like all the different ways you could use it. And I was just always fascinated because 
my default proclivity is like, oh, scrambled eggs or over easy eggs or hollandaise or poached eggs or eggs benedict or, you know, even, even like I just actually for lunch, I had a bison burger with a fried egg on top of it. And Those are good. <laughs> it's just one of the most, I feel like underutilized, disrespected and powerful ingredients in the yeah. food. And then when you get them from backyard chickens, like you're talking about nutrients and vitamins and deep orange yolks that are just like incredible. And so I'd say it's eggs. Okay. Well, you, you, uh, you're, I'll give you a yellow one for the egg yolk. You're they're the only one I'm going to make an offer. If you ever come to Branson, Missouri, then since we raise our own animals, yeah. we have, you could do the egg test because you'd appreciate it. Cause we have goose, duck, and chicken egg. All raising eggs. <laughs> we have turkey egg. eggs too. And people like to do a taste test. It's kind of fun. And they're a staple ingredient in chocolate chip pancakes. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it works. It just works. Okay. That's like awesome. They're just like the most underappreciated. Cause if you ask people's favorite food, they're like pasta. I'm like, what's it made of? Like flour and eggs. I'm like, like, I'm like eggs. I'm like cake. I'm like eggs. I'm like pancakes. I'm like eggs. I was like, you got to appreciate like the foundational principle ingredient. And so that I would, it would say it's eggs. I think that's a slam dunk too. And honestly, just for like health and weight loss, like my son's type of diabetic, he loves them because it's a free, we would call it free food, right? He yep, could eat yep, that yep. no carbs because he didn't need insulin for it. So yep. way to go eggs. I love it. But what about you're, you're probably so well read. This is a big deal, but a lot of our listeners are new entrepreneurs or people wondering and wanting to learn from people who've done amazing things. Uh, do you have a specific book you think about that's like this book impacted my life? Well, so I'm very well read. I've read a lot of books. Um, I'm luckily friends with most of the authors now though. And so yeah. recommendations based on that. And then I would say changed my life, it wasn't books for me. I actually didn't start reading until about five or six years ago. Uh, the first like five years of my entrepreneurial journey in life, like I just figured it out every day. Yeah. But I, I coach, you know, thousands of entrepreneurs a year and I, I have a pretty aggressive list that I recommend no matter what. And, and I got to give credit, um, especially around early stages of entrepreneurship. Um, and even life in general, my buddy, Bo Eason, uh, wrote a book called there's no plan B for your a game. Oh, I like that. Cool. Bo is one of the world's most incredible storytellers and speakers. So he was the only kid in his high school to ever make it into the NFL. And he's like a runt and he changed the structure of that high school to where four other kids went with him. He did an entire NFL career and then said, I want to show on Broadway, made one, won an award on Broadway and then now empowers entrepreneurs. And so the whole premise of the book is like literally aligning and living with your purpose unapologetically and being willing to figure it out. And so for my non-analyticals, uh, it would be called There's No Plan B for Your A-Game by Bo Eason. For my analytical people that are like, yeah, but tell me how and when yeah. I'm supposed to spend my time. Right. Another book by Mike Michalowicz called Clockwork. And clockwork has the same premise and principle, but it's broken down in an analytical structure of frameworks and time. Mm -hmm. And so I recommend that people read them both because it helps you start to realize that our time is limited, but it's the same asset that we all have. And when we have our intention and then we focus it with our attention to at least progressing forward to find the clarity or head in the direction that we're going, it's where we start to build momentum and stack those wins. And in that place, 
that's where growth is discovered. And I know you didn't ask this, but I, every time you ask me a question, I'm going to basically <laughs> summarize it up as to why, because yep. that's how my brain works. You know, I, I coach, I coach everybody up. Like my, my biggest client right now does about 4 billion a year. And mm -hmm. these are my private clients. And I also coach people that are like just getting started out that fell yeah. out. And the conversation never changes. And there's this one thing that I've noticed. It's that everybody is looking for clarity. Well, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I do it? And it took me about 10 years and losing probably $10 million accumulatively before yeah. I got to this point to realize that the answer to that question lies in action. There's actually no logical answer. It requires that we step forward and it's the iterative process when we go that actually creates the clarity. And so those books are a really good starting point to ask yourself, like, what is it that I want, right? Like, mm -hmm. unapologetically, like, what is it that I want? Like, where do I want to be in life? What do I want? What's my vision? What's my purpose? What's something greater than me? And then the second part is, why the heck do I want it? Right. And that's not cars and houses because that won't create the result, but it's like impact, legacy, purpose. Like mine is for being a father and creating a better world for my children and teaching them altruism and philanthropy and giving back and empowering them. And it's like a lot of people try to start the race without even knowing what type of race they're in, if their gear's right. Like they're like, I want to do this race. I'm like, you just signed up for a hundred mile ultra marathon and you've never run before. And they're like, oh, and <laughs> You know, people try to start with the doing first, but you have to start with the design of the world. Like you have to build your Truman Show or, or at least get a general direction. So ask yourself like question number one, like what is it that I want? And that might come down as simple as finding meaning in the moment of saying, I want to be a better father or I want to be a better husband or I want to be more positive in my current workspace or I want to help women use their voice, right? Because a lot of women in your audience or I want to be a woman that doesn't feel like I'm too much anymore, right? Like you have to nail what that barometer is for you. And then you have to ask yourself, why is it so important? Because if you don't have a vested interest yeah. in it, it will never stick. And it's just a repeated behavior over and over that stops and stops and stops. And then question number three is, who do I have to become to create that result? And it's in those questions that when you get that clarity, it's like, oh, well, what would a better father look like? Well, I'd, I'd spend an extra one hour a day present with my kids. And you're like, well, tangent, that look like, oh, I'd put my phone away. I'd put it in my calendar, do whatever. And I watch people get stuck, like glued into ambiguity because the answers are so simple, but they require intention and then action. And so I think for everybody, no matter what stage you're at, no matter what stage of life or entrepreneurship, yeah, I revisit what I want probably once a week. Mm -hmm. And the way that I run my life and my business is I assume that every morning that I wake up, that my wife is gone, my kids are gone, and my business is gone. And every day I have to earn it back. So if you ever seen the movie 50 First Dates? Yeah. Yeah, my husband. <laughs> that's how I treat my marriage. That's how I treat my kids. And that's how I treat my business. And so every day. If I don't earn it back that day, I'm losing it and it's gone. And so I tend okay. to make sure that like I grow every day as a person, life experience, things that I experience, keynotes I give, trips that I take, you know, work that I do, the consciousness work that I do, the plant medicine work I do, the breath work that I do, all of it. It would be silly to assume that every day I'm the same person. And yeah. what I love is that every morning, like my vision doesn't change. Like I still mm -hmm. do those things. 
But who I get to become changes every day because it also allows me to acknowledge my progress every day to realize yeah. how far I've come. And like, it's one of those things that, you know, momentum is contagious for other momentum and mm -hmm. stop to do that. And so my philosophy is that like every day is earned every ounce of it. I get to earn my employees. I get to earn my friendships. I get to earn my results. I get to earn my business. I get to earn my wife's love every single day. And for many years of my life and career, I took all that stuff for granted and it cost me, it cost me dearly. It cost me greatly. I mean, I've, you know, we were joking about this before, but, but I've literally followed that game of like standing up one more time. But like my losses have been like $3 million lost in a month, gone, oh. gone, starting from scratch. Like my wife, eight months pregnant and two weeks away from bankruptcy and then mm -hmm. rebuilt to a multi seven figure brand and then launched three new ones. Like. It's, it's this thing. And when I look back at the common thread is that every single one of those instances had a moment where I thought I've made it oh, every mm -hmm. single one of them mm -hmm. and made it from a place of like, I've done it all. The work is done. And when you mm -hmm. stop making these daily deposits, unfortunately, the pain takes too long to realize. And then the input stopped. And so we can't recover it. And so I say this to people because what I think is more important than anything about like knowing what I want to do or where I want to go or how I want to get there. Mm -hmm. I'd actually say what's more important is actually stepping in any direction every day and learning through experience rather than trying to plan for the perfect trip. Wow. That's a lot. You just so much, I'm giving you a sparkle number one because I just love your heart. You, you so genuinely share and the things you've accomplished I'm, I'm just blown away at your story because I got glimpses from your profile, but I'm just one of these people. Like I see people on like, that's a quality person I want to get to know. And so I don't have any, like, I guess people would be afraid to ask. I didn't like, think about me. My team got mad at me the other day. Like you do realize like you don't have it anywhere. Like how many companies you own? Or I was like, am I supposed to? And they're like, well, can you make a list? I'm like, I actually don't know. You'd have to look at my email and like go through all my taxes. Like I own a lot of companies. I have my hand. And I was like, but. I realized very early on in my life, like when I was homeless and doing it, that mm. the people that helped me were never the people that had accomplished something or like how much money they made or their socioeconomics didn't matter or yeah. their jobs didn't matter. It was the humanity in all of them. And so even though I've accomplished so much of it and I on paper have everything that I said I ever wanted, yeah, still... I believe in living in the humanity of it. And I love relationships. I prioritize humans over everything. And so, yeah, but it, it's literally a, a weekly topic of conversation on my team meetings. And it doesn't matter what team, because like I own a lot of companies and I have teams in each one of them. And they're all like, we didn't know that. We didn't know that. We didn't know that. I'm like, you never asked. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, what do you want me to put it on like an about me page? Like, no, nobody reads those anyways. I'd rather you ask me in person and then we can build a no. relationship around it. Yeah. Well, and that's why for me, I'm just like, you have to let me know too. You said there might be something here that I didn't ask. You know, I'm always interested to see when someone has accomplished something so much, like you've got the monetary side. I mean, you're talking multi-millionaire, million dollar companies, right? Already billion dollar. Oh, one of, I mean, I mean, one of my companies three days ago, Walmart gave us an $80 million PO just for the year. Which that company is that one? Um, that one is gel blaster. So we have uh, toy guns that shoot gelets for kids and I own part of that company. I have 
a skincare and dental company called Primal Life Organics. I have a backpack company uh, called High Speed Daddy, where we make tactical diaper bags for dads. I have a protein bar company, a supplement company, a deodorant company, a consulting company, a mastermind, my own podcast. Um, I'm an advisor in like two nonprofits. Uh, then I have rev share deals with some other ones. And yeah, I mean, uh, one of my companies right now, our goal is to actually sell for a billion in the next 12 months. Nice. That'll be fun to watch that journey too, because I'm, you are a very unique person. And I just want to compliment you on that because you're so heart centered. You're so humble. You are a husband and a daddy, which is why I can't wait for my husband to meet you because you guys have a ton in common. It's actually super cool. But you have that approachable piece where like a lot of people lose that, you know, when they get to a certain level of success, it's like, I don't understand what happens because they're not them anymore. And they forget to just be real. And like, can we hang out? And a lot of friends we meet, they're like, I don't need anything from them. Like, I'm good. So we can just hang out. Like, there's not this weird pressure. And like, you could come to our house, have a campfire. We would be the same people. It's just very chill. You know, that's how we are. It's like, come over. I want you in the family. But it's how are you still, because you managed to do this. And I have some other people, they didn't. It cost them everything. You know, they go and they grind and grind. And soon they they broke up with their fiance. They never had kids or like late 40s, 50s. And they've accomplished everything monetarily, but their life is a train wreck. Mm-hmm. So for you, you're expanding at this level. How how do you keep that going? Like, is it just another front game? Why are you continuing to make so much after you've already accomplished that? Um, you know, I think I think there's two parts to this. Part number one is that I was an active duty Marine for when your life is in front of you many times, like I've been mm-hmm. shot, I've had shrapnel in me, like I've had all of it happen. I almost died in Somalia. Like wow. I, a lot of it that you realize in that moment, nothing you've accomplished matters. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. But it's still not a defining enough moment to change it because I still had toxic behavior. I was borderline sociopathic because of my trauma. Like I was a narcissist. I would gaslight. Mm-hmm. I was emotionally abusive because I didn't know how to process my pain and my feelings. And this wasn't mm-hmm. like a, a rainbow road. Like th- there's a, there's a trail of damage that luckily I now have committed enough to the work and done enough that I get to give back and plant new seeds that grow bigger than yeah. before. Um, but I will say the one thing that I have to give myself credit for is that there's probably about eight or nine inflection points in the last 10 years where they were those do or die moments of like, now is the time to choose. And it's like, choose or choose. And every single time I walked away from the business and chose my family in the face of as much resistance as possible. And wow, it didn't have an immediate upside. Like, I, I mean, there were years of struggle, like going from millionaire to nothing and then years of struggle getting it back. Because when, when I tell people, it's like, it's really easy to be a shitty marketer and make a lot of money. It's really easy right? to be an actual entrepreneur and have a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And that used to be my default. I would fall back on that. And there became a point where I did enough healing that my moral compass realigned itself. And I started mm-hmm. becoming nauseated and embarrassed by things that I had done. I'm about to cry. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I realized that my whole life, I had a soft spot for humanity and I couldn't figure out why all I ever wanted was people to connect with me. Mm-hmm. Yet I would hurt them. And then when I started really unpacking my work and doing my trauma work and doing all the things that I did, 
is that being mean and disconnected was my way of protecting, quote unquote, protecting art. I was more addicted to the chaos because I was comfortable in it. That was my whole life. Now there's days I don't work. I work maybe an hour a day, like my office, like I'm standing on a custom sheepskin rug. I have an altered meditation zone is right there. My kids run around the office when I'm recording all my students business partners, like this is their home. And I was, yeah. I, I don't have to be somebody different at work than I am at home. Yeah. And the truth is, is that's the reason why everybody loses. And I was like, so what would it look like? Who would I get to be as a husband and as a father first, and then allow that to trickle into my entrepreneurship. And, and so I can't compartmentalize. I get to love my business partners and my students just as much as I love my family or else they don't belong in my world. And like, I'm one of the only people I know, and I'm not joking. I have mastermind calls every week with my mastermind. We end the call and I'm talking 40, 50 entrepreneurs all over the world. And we all say we love you to each other. Mm. These are six, seven and eight figure entrepreneurs in a very cutthroat industry. And on our Zoom calls, I end it with, I love you. And people are like shocked at that. And I was like, but why? Like, why is that shocking? Like, why is that abnormal? Like, why is that the pattern interrupt? Yeah. The other way. And so I think it really just boils down to choices, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm 100% responsible for what shows up in my life. If I don't like the result that's there, it's not because of anybody else. It's because of a lack of inputs or the wrong inputs on my part. Mm-hmm. I feel like I lived enough of my life in pain and in discomfort that I always prioritize. So I'll give you a tangible example. I was just negotiating a business deal for 1% stake in a company. And I have a rule that I will not invest any capital in a company. If you want me, you get one thing and it's all my time. I will give you more of me than anybody else ever will, but you can get money anywhere. You can't get me anywhere. So they sent me an offer and I responded back and on voice message. And I was like, listen, man, I have so much love in my heart for you. And I believe it. I was like, this feels transactional to me. And honestly, I don't like negotiating. I can't. I don't know why this feels off, but it's not there. It doesn't feel like a win to me. I feel very unseen and I believe in you. And even if you didn't make me an offer, I'd still help. But that's how I negotiated a literally like potential 40 to $50 million deal. And he responded in tears Mm. and said, bro, I love you. And we called each other and cried together. And then he spit a new number out and like deal. And we went, (laughs) and then the lawyer sent the paperwork, right? Like, yeah. I never sent a contract to one client ever. Yeah. People pay me a quarter of a million dollars for four days of my time. That's what I charge for some of my consulting. Yeah. And they're like, do you have a contract? I'm like, nope. And I was like, because if you need one, this isn't going to work anyways. And I was like, and I know that's a bold thing to make and it's cost me money. I've been stolen from a ton. I've had, mm-hmm. you know, companies steal from me, people steal from me. Yeah. My wife has always been the beautiful one to put it into perspective. And she's like, but you can still sleep soundly tonight because you didn't do it. And so I think, and as sad as this is, when it gets down into getting wrapped up in the identity of the results that we create, for Mm -hmm. me, it's just a red flag of running from trauma and disconnection. Mm -hmm. It's just a new drug. And I think nobody talks about it enough that entrepreneurship is one of the most addictive and deadly drugs on the planet. Because mm-hmm. everybody celebrates the culture, they celebrate the hustle, and they reward the disconnection. And so for me, as hard as it is, I fall into those patterns. I fall into those traps. Like I get into it. Like I, I, I told you, like I'm home today and tomorrow to do this interview. 
And then I'm on the road for six weeks and I pop back home for a day to see my wife and kids. And I mean, those things get taxing. I'm filming a television show with Indian motorcycles. I'm going for a consulting gig. I have three keynotes. I two companies I own, I have to go run and it's go, go, go. And I'll fall into the trap. But what I know now is that when I fall into it, my default isn't to do more. It's actually to do less. Yeah. And I find the humanity. I find myself, I go to my breath work, I go walk, I go find humans. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. Like I'm keynoting this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, what do you need? You know, we'll pay him. Like, you don't have to pay me. I was like, I will keynote for free, but I need this time slot. And that's it. And he's like, cool. And I've messaged him like 10 times. I'm like, hey man, I get in Thursday. What do you need? And then after like the fifth message, he's like, hey man, like I keep getting your messages, but I can't ask you for anything. I already feel guilty. You're keynote. And I said, hey, you get to give me the opportunity to say yes or no. Mm. I didn't say yes because you owe me anything. I said, you don't have to pay me. Just cover my travel. I would love to come support you. I would love to come breathe life and business and coaching into your people. And I was like, but also when I told you I'm all in, it means I'm all in, which means from the moment I land until that event is over, I'm yours. Not like I come in the room and speak and leave, like I'm in the room. I'm there with your staff. If they need me, if your customers need me, if your audience needs me, if you need me, I'm there. And it's so weird for me because it's almost like I have to fight to help because mm -hmm. the current paradigm is that there's no way that's real. There's no way that's real. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, you know, cool. And you know, and, and, and like on paper, and I think too, like, and I want to say this too, I think we have to be careful too of like what's on paper and what's in real life, right? Like yeah. on paper, like I own like my backpack company. We just passed the $10 million mark organically with only three employees in four years. Like, wow. That's amazing. Right. And then I have yeah. all these numbers, but like, Hey, just so you guys know of that $10 million company, I maybe pull 50 grand a year out in distributions and every dollar goes back into the growth of the company. Right. And so yeah. it's like. I'm laying on a half a billion dollars. Like we invested into people and what's there. And I think for me, the reason I continue is because I don't work. Like this is what I love. You love it. And the only way a legacy is created is if I keep building it and the world. And the reason I use a lighthouse as my branding is because they're literally designed to stand forever. Mm. All it requires is daily maintenance, but it lasts. Like the oldest living lighthouse in operation has been on for almost 900 years. And it's only been turned off twice, once to go from whale blubber to kerosene and once to go from kerosene to electricity. And I was oh, like, that's the impact that I want to make. And I was like, so that requires a daily input, pruning, gardening, you know, tailing mm -hmm. duty, all the stuff that's required. And so that's really easy. And it's also really easy when I'm so connected to the people that I help. Like, quite frankly, like you and your husband are like typically like my dream people that I work with, yeah. my clients. And yeah. When I think about you and your impact and your kids and your family and your husbands and what you're doing, I get to see pay it forward and ripples in real life. And I've done this for so long and so much that I can see it happening before other people do. And it fills me up every day. Like mm -hmm. I get excited to drive to my office. I get excited to do calls. My team thinks I'm psychic, I like psychotic. They're like, how do you do this? And like, they'll be like, you did eight podcasts in one day. And then I'll look at my ring and I burnt like, I've burnt 4,500 calories in a day just getting interviewed. Wow. And they're like, what? <laughs> like I run coaching calls and all in an hour, I'll burn 700 calories in an hour. My average heart rate's 135 to 140. And they're like, how? <laughs> like I give everything. Like, yeah. 
everything. I mean, I embody it. I give and I give and I give. And, and for me, I love that my unit of measure is, did I give my all today? Did I show up in integrity? Was that man that I want to be? And I think in that world, it makes it really, really easy when I am so connected to the people that I help. And then I'm so connected to myself and I'm willing to see it and also give myself feedback and make adjustments. And so it doesn't feel like I work. And typically if I get to a point where I'm like, ah, I don't want to, or I feel like it's heavier, it's too much. It's got nothing to do with the business. It's typically the first inclination that I need to deepen my practice Mm -hmm. or I need to spend some one-on-one time because I'm neglecting a feeling. And I haven't explored yet because I I love everything that I do. So that would be the answer to that one. I love it so much. I'm just like, I could throw all the sparkles at you because I'm just, I love, thank you, by the way, for being a veteran. Awesome. And also, I'm just, I'm actually really encouraged and excited that you are also a family brand. Because I know for my husband and I managing to stay married, it'll be 24 years this summer. Like we met when we were 15. I raised our two kids and also building a business together. Like we've launched several different businesses and they're not multi-million dollar companies yet, but you know, it's been over six figures and we've kept it small. I know ours is just getting known, right? If people knew, because for us, it's like all the business fundamentals that people don't know. And that's why they can't scale. If their house isn't built upon a rock, right? It's on sand and it's just, they can't ever get beyond that first hundred K. Then I'm like, then do ads. But I don't want them to, I'm very ethical. So I'm like, I tell you, make a 100K organically. I would never encourage ads because I want you to be successful. And so we're also purpose-based. You know, it's like, if it doesn't light you up, you're not going to stick with it. So we designed a model to help them figure it out. I I literally, like, I ask people right now, I'm like, hey, listen, like, I, I ask hard questions. Like, one of my favorite questions for my students is, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make is they don't value their time. They don't value their time, right? Um, we're the first ones to lie to ourselves. We're like, oh, it'll take us 15 minutes. Four and a half hours later, you're still going, right? right. <laughs> and, you know, I joke about it and I laugh about it, but I found a question and I, I asked them this. I asked one of my students this seven years ago, maybe, because I've been doing this for a, a long time now that I think about it. Um, and uh, they had a very young kid. And, you know, I remember I used to run around and say all the lies. I'm like, oh, I'm doing this for my family. Like that used to be my thing, right? Right. <laughs> business partner and I in the diaper bag company, like we named our company High Speed Daddy. That's what we named our company, right? So about empowering men to connect, provide, and protect their families more. And we have diaper bags and lunch bags that serve as totems. And they're badass backpacks too. And uh, because they're not just diaper bags, they really, they're badass tactical backpacks. And we added a pad to make it a diaper bag that's removable. That's it. I love it. I love it. And we, we had this conversation one night and it was like, I'm doing this for family. Like we're lying to ourselves. I was like, if I go ask Dom, Sadie, and Delaney, or Branson and Cheyenne, if they would rather us be in the office right now or home, what do you think they're going to say? Home. I just start getting really honest with ourselves. And I think entrepreneurs really devalue our time and disrespect it. And so I asked one of my students, they had a very young child, and they were doing hourly stuff, and they weren't charging for it. And and I'm all for helping, but it has to be with intention. And I said, okay, cool. They're like, I don't know what to charge for an hour. I'm like, all right, I have one question for you. How much would I have to pay you to convince you to die one hour earlier and not spend it with your husband, your wife, or your children? And I ask that question at least once a week now. Wow. And nobody can answer it. And I'm like, good, come back to me when you can. (laughs) Because what you don't realize is that's what you're doing and you're too detached Mm -hmm. from the consequences. Yeah. 
my son's sure. my son's five and i feel like yesterday he was two mm. and like last night on the couch he fell asleep in my arms watching that movie and he hasn't done that in like three years Wow. I sat on the couch for three hours. My legs hurt. They were numb. My body was sweating and I didn't want to move because I just loved every minute of it. And like Great. my wife and I was like, you're gonna have to help me. And then we carried him to bed. And I told him this morning, it was like one of the greatest gifts he could give me. And I was like, but that moment's gone. Yeah. That moment's never coming back. Yeah. And if I don't go home tonight and make another one, it doesn't matter how much I have, how much property I own, how many cars I have, how much money's in the bank. When I'm dying, I guarantee you that's the moment I'm going to think about. And I think it's rude of ourselves to not hold ourselves accountable to those standards. And I'm not saying you can't not work, but Parkinson's law is a powerful law that you'll fill the container that you put yourself in. And I've watched entrepreneurs spend seven hours wasting their day and then realize they have to leave in 20 minutes. And they get done in 20 minutes what supposedly took seven hours. Right. And I think right. we have to be really connected to what matters, but we also have to have really integrous conversations with ourselves about For sure. where we're spending our time and how we're spending it mm -hmm. and making sure that we're in alignment with what we want. And if we're afraid to look at what we want, then that's the place we focus our energy, not seven hours on Instagram looking for inspiration. Right. Right? Oh my gosh, right? Oh, yeah. There's so many things that can just rob your energy and you get nothing done. And that's just because you've been so vulnerable. A lot of part of our story we don't share, but because my husband's honestly been embarrassed about it. But it's like, that is his story. I was like from the bootstrap family. I had to earn my way to go to college and scholarships. His family had multi-million dollar businesses. So he just grew up in a different, it, it's different, right? Totally. And his dad and mom both passed away when they were only 60 from cancer. Yep. His dad, his whole life was like, son, I'll do stuff with you later. I'll do stuff with you later. Five years after he retired, had brain cancer and was gone. His mother passed the same year. They were only 60. So our story, a lot of people are like, why would you guys ever sell? We had the big 4,000 square foot house, beautiful farm, bass boat, the toys, a tractor, two vehicles, like all the stuff. And it was just like, we had retired early. We were young. We had our kids. We didn't need to work. And we just wanted to spend time with our kids. My husband's always been a very like family first period. He just meant he wanted it, you know, just all of us together where I was like the nine to five bubble. I'd been conditioned to that it was okay. But my parents had their own business. So we, I got to have my dad as a coach. I didn't miss my family. So long story short, we sold everything. Like we kept getting this prompting that we were supposed to, you know, the scripture, like it's easier for the um, perm, easier for a camel to go through the ivy needle than a rich man to get into heaven. Yep. I've heard that. Yep. Okay. So that was following us everywhere. Like, I'm not kidding you, George. I was in it. fortune cookie. Like it was everywhere. And so we literally were like, okay, I guess we have to do this. We sold everything, like had an estate sale, decided we're going all in. We're going to do our consulting business anywhere with the sales cycle. And we literally toured full-time and just made amazing memories with our kids. Cause I have a make-a-wish kid type 1 diabetics, brittle type 1 diabetic. We've almost lost him several times. Um, and we just were like, no, we're spending time as a family. So we are so aligned with your heart message of family first, because a lot of people, they, it was sad, but sad, like on his deathbed, it was like, Tom, my husband, he's like, you did it right. Yeah. You know, you're, you didn't tell your kids later. Like we have the camping memories of my daughter's wish to see the sunrise at Grand Canyon and wanting to go to Holland to see the tulips in Germany. And, you know, it's like, we did that and you can live an amazing life that doesn't even cost very much and be high paying consultant or 
whatever, but it's purpose driven. Like yep. this thing, my husband's like, I work two hours a day. The rest, I want to go fishing. I want to spend time with you guys. And he gives it his all. But this grind mentality that a lot of like, I'm not bashing single guys because women do it too. But that grind, like going a thousand percent at the expense of your family, friends, health, finances. It's a toxic culture. Like I'm with you. We have to speak out about that because people are literally dying going down flames and maybe they have all the money, but they didn't have anything else. Those relationships, you know? Yep. I could, I could do like five hour show on this. So we're going to have to save that one. <laughs> totally. And I know we have so much of that. We're just aligned. I, I get it hundred percent. And I know with your schedule, you've shared so much today and I want to honor your time. Cause I know you had a certain one that you have to tell me, cause there's a couple extra questions. I, I, love got, to I, ask. I got like 10 minutes left. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. So I really, really would love to know. I think you covered like your message of you shared through your work and everything, but you've had some massive ups and downs. What would you say was your key to expanding your reach and connecting with influential leaders? I've never tried to. Just be you. Like, like, uh, I mean, like if you, if my phone, like my iPhone right now, the contact list of my iPhone is probably worth $10 billion. Like I would charge somebody a billion dollars just to have my phone because when they text the names that are in here and you would recognize hundreds of them, yeah, it will respond and say, what do you need? No questions asked. And that's not because of a strategy or a mm -hmm. tactic or the, the trying to do anything. It was about mm -hmm. the full ownership of being myself and showing up the same no matter where I am, who it is or how it is. Like, for example, like I've given keynotes. They're like, you have to wear a suit. I'm like, I'm not speaking. <laughs> right. You're like, I don't wear a suit. And they're like, you can't swear. I'm like, I'm not speaking. <laughs> right. And I'm like, if you are going to run an organization that yeah. judges me based on swearing and talks about inclusion and says that I can't, then you don't want me in the first place. Right. And I was right. like, I've shown up into board meetings at like a top fortune 10 company, top fortune 10. And I walked up in board shorts, a blue mohawk and a hoodie. And they asked me and they tried to escort me out. And I was like, uh, you might want to ask them how much they paid me to be here. Oh my God. And they're like, what? And then it's funny because if I go back and I look at my most influential relationships, like the big ones, the ones that like I work with MBA teams and billionaires, they all met me in some organic way. And I was only myself like, the LA Clippers on a flight from Scotland back. I was in pajama pants with my blue mohawk and I wouldn't stop talking while I was working on ad accounts. And I ended up sitting next to the GM of the Clippers and then they became a client. He's like one of my best friends. Oh, I love it. I don't see any difference. And I, I've never like, I'm friends with so many professional athletes and so many celebrities. And the reason they all love me is they're like, you treat us the same. Like I'll call them like, Hey, will you come to my event? They're like, who's going to be there? I'm like, does it matter? And yeah. they're like, yes, not. And they're like, yeah, sure. And then like, and people are like, is that, I'm like, yeah, but just go introduce yourself. Right. Like, it yeah. doesn't, and, and I think that's kind of because of my childhood and like having to survive, I didn't yeah. see socioeconomics. I saw humanity. And then when I mm -hmm. go into the military, I was treated like dirt. It didn't matter how high of a rank I achieved, what I did. I was still a peon because there's always somebody above you. Always. And it was always. disrespectful and lacked respect and tact and, and all of it. And so then I was like, you combine those two things together and you come out and you always see the beauty in the person and you see the connection in the person and you see the heart in the person. Most people just want to be seen. 
And yeah. instead, they get transacted upon. There's agendas. And by the way, it's called fucking manipulation if you have an yeah. agenda. And I like, right. they're like, hey, I go to this event. Like, how do I get people? I'm like, you won't. You won't. Yeah. You won't. And so I think what everybody under has to understand is that like when I watch entrepreneurs, when I watch humans, the first yeah. thing we discredit is our gift of being ourselves. And it's the thing we turn down the most. But the truth is, is that if you look at entrepreneurship, if you look at life, literally the only thing, the only thing that you have that I don't have is you. Mm. On yep. paper, we both have access to everything else the same, the same right. thing the same tools, the same bankers, the same VC firms, the same everything, everything. The only thing, the only thing that makes you different than me is you. And yet it's the first thing that everybody sacrifices. And I was like, yep. what strategy, what tactic, what tool? I'm like, well, have you ever thought about there might be too many tools in your toolbox? Because yeah. here's my question. If I hired a carpenter to build my house, mm -hmm. do you think the color of the hammer makes a difference? Do you think the size of the hammer makes a difference? Maybe an efficiency, but is he still going to get the house done? Of course he is. Could I give him a power drill and a hand screwdriver and he accomplished the same? Of course he could. The tool doesn't matter. It's the person using the tool. And in the world that we live in, most of the people that make money from the people who listen to your podcast convince them that they're not the secret. And then their courses, their offer is, their plan is, their whatever, go F yourself. No, right. you are. Yeah, you and the moment you fall in love with that and the moment you accept that, that like you won the lottery, one in a 400 trillion chance that you were born, one in 400 trillion. Yeah. Born. And I don't care what you believe in. If you're spiritual, if you believe in God, if you're agnostic, it doesn't matter because you can't explain that and you were given a gift. And so you're either choosing to use it or you're slowly dying. And I don't like the second one. And so be you and be all of you because alignment is the secret to success. And that can only come from you being the same, whether you're tired or awake, whether you're behind closed doors, or you're in front of them, whether you're with your friends, your students, your customers, your relationships, it doesn't matter. But if you can look at it and say, I'm being the same everywhere, then you're just waiting for success to blow your mind. But if there's anything that's off, it's compartmentalized. If you don't speak your mind, if you don't say it, I hate to tell you, but I've witnessed death one too many times to tell you that you're going to regret it and you're going to wish that you did. And so you are the secret. And I think that a lot of people forget that. And you're not supposed to know everybody. You're not supposed to be friends with everybody. And if you think you are, that's manipulation. It's agendized and it doesn't serve a purpose. And I have a rule. And my friends... They call me out on this all the time. And they're like, hey, I want to introduce you to so-and-so. I'm like, why? <laughs> right. Like, well, you guys should know each other. I'm like, awesome, why? And if they can't tell me why, I ask them not to introduce me. Yeah. Because right. there is no point in hoarding potential when it has no possibility of coming to fruition. But if they're like, hey, George, my friend, he's got this and this. And I'm like, can I help? I'm like, of course I can help. Make an intro, right? Sure. But like, what am I doing? Am I collecting notches in my contact book that I'm never going to reach out to and giving my mental energy out? And I was like, I could take that same water and water the plants that are in my garden yep. and get a hundred times bigger result for both of us than by trying to plant a thousand more that I will never even make it to the water before they die. I, I love it. I'm just all the sparkle. Like, just I told you I was going to get all of them. You know, it's so cute. 
Yeah, it's awesome. And we're, I don't even know how you came in my feed, but all I can say is I'm grateful you're in my life. I really value and honor your time. And you're one of these people that, you know, when you meet people in the world that they're like, okay, you have so much, what can I offer you? I'm a real person. If you need a real friend, I know there's a lot of fake in the world. My phone's the same way. And the people I have in there, the celebrity clients, all this, they're like, you're the same online as you are in person. And you you need real people. There are real people. There's not fake about me. Like, that's just who I am. And I'm Italian. So when I tell people I love them, it's, that's my culture, but I mean it. You're an awesome human. I see it. I love your energy and the fact that you've accomplished so much. And you were like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. Like you're willing to serve and, and help people too. And I know somebody's going to listen to this, who it's going to change their life. And, and here, here's, here's what I love about that. And you're welcome. But here, here's the thing. Like if I go back 13 years to my first ever podcast interview, yeah, somebody let me be there first, right? Somebody had me as their first. And like, now I swear I'm probably the first episode on at least 500 podcasts. No joke. That's cool. Like the first episode. And I'm like, let's go. Like, let's go. Right. And and I think that like when you plant a garden, it until you decide to uproot it or take it out, you have to keep watering it. And and that's yeah. the point of all of this. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I've been blessed to almost die one too many times. And I've been blessed to witness death at a very visceral and close level in, in ways that have taken me many years and many millions of dollars to work through. Um, but they're blessings because there's a finality to this. And there's, there's a real truth to the fact that like, I, I viscerally understand mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if I hit delete right now on the world and all we were left with each other, all that's going to matter is the humanity and that's it. And, and I truly know, and I know this because I've done it that you can build a business, you can make a hundred thousand, a million, 10 million or a hundred million and stay aligned to your morals and values. Mm -hmm. Is it a little bit of a harder fight? Sometimes it feels like it because you're going against what everybody considers normal. It lasts longer. It's more successful. It's more fulfilling and it's unbreakable because you mm -hmm. can't go back a level. It's almost impossible to lose that game because it's built on a solid foundation. And so, yes, I, I, I acknowledge you. I reward you. I, I, I say, keep going. And for everybody listening to this, you know, I, I do, I, if you really want to listen to a podcast, I have 300 episodes of my own and I've been on over 2,500. There's a lot of interviews about me out there <laughs> sharing this, but, but you, you'll hear some common threads mm -hmm. and I've never, ever liked losing ever. And so I asked myself, how can I build a business where I'm guaranteed to win? Yeah. And here's the beautiful part is that every day I say yes to somebody, whether I get paid or not, I'm still winning and so are they. And so mm -hmm. I've built a life to where it's impossible for me to lose. It's impossible. You could take all of it away and I would have it again in 30 days. Guaranteed. Awesome. And so yeah, because you are the secret. It's okay to play that way. It's completely okay to play that way. Even when nobody wants to, even when you don't think, I mean, like I have a private client who did a launch and I didn't like it. And I called them out and we ended up refunding over a hundred grand to get back into integrity. Wow. And oh, I had to coach him through that. And then of course it turned into a million bucks about 30 days later. Mm. And I was like, but it would have just been a hundred grand if we didn't realign yeah. what off and what was there. And, and I think that we have to remember that it's human to human and humanity is everywhere. Being humble, being authentic, being connected and actually caring. 
right? Yeah. All the things that you have and, and you can do it and be massively successful. That's amazing. Okay. That's awesome. And I, I have to have you leave me on this then because I always ask everybody, there's a book that I'm doing that's hashtag to your younger self. Yeah. So if you were going to leave a hashtag to your younger self that would have served you well, looking back, what would it be? Like a hashtag or like a story? Yeah. Like a hashtag. If you were like, someone, someone told me like, be yourself. And some of them explain around that, like why they would say that, but it was like a gold nugget if you went back to yourself when you needed that most um mine would have said use your heart Mm, i love it use your heart because it took me 35 years to find my heart again well and it's incredible to have it and and of course like hindsight's 2020 when you're living in trauma like survival is the deeper hierarchy and i made it and it served me Mm -hmm. um but there's also now a lot of moments in reflection where I'm like, hey, oh, like I can teach my kids to do this differently and they can do mm-hmm. it this way. And, and, and it's boom. And it's, I think that would be my reminder to everybody. Like I literally have four hearts tattooed on my forearm. Wow. And cool. um, there's a reason behind it, but it, it, it's just the, the essence of what it means and, and what it stands for. And, and let me clarify, love does not mean self-sacrifice. Love does not mean being disrespected. Love does not mean, you know, any of those things. It means just making decisions based on the feelings and not the thoughts and the stories. Because if you're thinking about your past, you're dying in the present. And if you're worried about the future, you're dying in the present. And I've yet to find a moment or a human where they followed their heart and it ever led to a bad situation and so i would go back and i would just remind myself more and more that it's okay to love and it's okay to use my heart and that also means that part of the gift of loving is that pain is inevitable because the modulation of the human experience and the range of the human experience is what gives us the depth and capacity to create the life that we want and i look at it now and like the other day i had a million dollars in ads basically stop working in three days And 10 years ago, I would have had a panic attack, an anxiety attack. I laughed. I was like, okay, right? And it's like, game. oh, this is the range. Yeah. And like, I've known this for a long time, but when I help people and they get it, I was like, oh, do you remember now? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, do you remember when that happened? They're like, yeah, I'm like, do you remember how easy this is now? And like, yeah, I'm like, that's called range and capacity. And what I think is so beautiful about the human experience and the heart is that the more we open it up and use it, the deeper the deeper it gets and the higher the highs. But when things go bad and they go wrong, we get to feel at a deeper level the lows. Yeah. But it's our willingness to feel that that then makes the next up 20 times higher, which increases our impact and our light and the brightness at which we use it. And so I just don't think there's any way to lose that game. There's not. And I, I commend you, buddy. It's I think with your shift that I'm a heart brand and yeah. Sunshine. And so it's like, that must have been like, I really believe people connect like that. Like the ones I find, I don't think it's coincidence. Like, I know there's a reason. I don't know what is exactly the expansion or who I can, but my mind's already like going, okay, who needs to meet George? Who can I connect you with? Because I know a lot of people too. And I didn't know all this about you. So I think that's really awesome. Well, I'm like actually a badass entrepreneur, a marketer that we haven't even talked about. So that'll be for another day. 
that's the thing. Like, I don't even still know. I'm like, if people want to get in touch with you then or work with you, like what's your two minute pitch on what are you the best at that? Yeah. So, so, um, I empower entrepreneurs to deepen their love affair with their customers. And I use customer journey relationships and email marketing to basically 20 X people's businesses by using the power of humanity. So, um, some of my clients and my projects on it, vital proteins, men, health, Titleist, TaylorMade, Adidas, Jim Quick, Tucker, Max, celebrities galore, you name it. I've helped publish over 20 books. Every one of them, I made a New York times bestseller. Uh, I am by Mike Dillard and, uh, him and Dean Graziosi stated as one of the brightest marketers of our lifetime. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, I, it doesn't mean shit to me, but I'll use it to tell somebody what I do. I'm just really good at marketing and customer journey. Uh, marketing customer journey. <laughs> but yeah, I basically tend to have the Midas touch and it doesn't matter. And I focus on, uh, I trademark relationships, beat algorithms. And so uh, mm. what that means is that mm. uh, when you start with the relationship with yourself, it permeates out. And if you want to go the woo-woo route, I can go that way. If you want to go the NLP route, I can go that way. If you want to go the personal development route, I can go that way. And it, it really, in it sets the framework for everything to win. And like, for example, I had a company call me two months ago. They were doing a million and a half a year. I helped them write 30 emails. They added $1.1 million to the bottom line with no new customers. Wow. So it basically doubled the company with 30 emails of existing customers. And so that tends to be my magic. And so I talk about all this on my podcasts and things like that. But I, I, I like to work from the entrepreneur out but I tend to find people through the pain in the business in. Mm, okay. So That's I meet, really good. That's very I meet you at customer journey. I meet you at, I can't manage my team. How am I everywhere all the time? My messaging is off. Like all the world of digital marketing is my expertise. And then when we start to get it down, we change the identity on the way out. So it's an embodiment all the way out. And we infuse everything into the company and into the culture and into the customers and into the team. And people are like, how did, uh, I'm like, just shut up and keep going. Keep going, right? Like you are on the racetrack. You are in first place. Just push the gas pedal and only look forward. There's nothing behind you. Just go. Um, but yeah, so that that tends to be what I do. And so uh, I coach people one-on-one. I own companies. I do consulting. I have my mastermind, which is all heart-centered entrepreneurs that care about making a difference. But I mean, I have plastic surgeons, optometrists. I have coaches. I have high-performance coaches. I have consultants. I have course creators. I have e-commerce companies because we focus on the principles. And with principles, it doesn't matter what the wrapping paper is. And right. that is how it is. And so it took me, you know, 13 years to be able to develop models around principles that apply to every business that literally there's work I did 10 years ago that is still working to this day. That's amazing. And how long have you been doing that? This uh, journey? 13 years. 13 years. Okay. Yeah. So the hardest part about my job is once I'm done with you, you never need me again. Uh, right? I have that problem too. And, yeah. And I tell people that my job is to get fired as fast as possible because that's right. how you win because I'm a consultant, not a codependent creator. Yeah. That's what yeah. a lot is. And so it's like when you do this, like that's how teams work. And so I have this ethos that I never want anybody to need me. I always want them to want me. And so uh, I get everybody to win. And then if you realize we're aligned and you want to spend life with me and you want to do business with me and you'll do dinner with my family every night, then we keep going. But you know, yeah. if not, like, you know how to fish, go and go fish, go catch them yeah. all the other people. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Seriously. I love your heart. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And how, so if people listen to this and they want to get a hold of you, 
So I'll give you two options. I'll give you two options because you're in one of two camps if you're listening to this. This guy is batshit crazy and I don't want him to know I exist. And for those people, I recommend going to listen to my podcast and it's like broken down tangible, tactical things in your business, some world renowned everywhere from Jim Quick to Steve Sims to Alex Sharp and like giving all of their secrets away. Um, that's at mindofgeorge.com where my podcast is called The Mind of George Show. The other way is if you have a question, if anything triggered today, if I can help you in anything, shoot me a DM on Instagram and ask, because if you ask, I can say yes. And my Instagram is it's George Bryant. So ITS and then George Bryant on Instagram. And uh, my team handles my social, but I handle every one of my DMs and she will tell you, you will get a video from me. You'll get a response from me. It's really yeah. me. And I will really answer your question. Yeah, it was amazing. Honestly, it stood out to me where I was just like, I have friends who live in Montana. I love Montana. George, let's get together with our families. I didn't realize like, but to me, you're just a super cool, approachable guy. And I can see your heart and you have an amazing story and life experiences to go with it. And you're helping a ton of people. So you get all the sparkles. If I DM you, I'll send you your address. I'll send you something special because you're awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. And for everybody listening, thanks for being here. Safe travels, my friend. And thank you so much for spending the time. It was truly a gift to have you. Of course. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.